0: One of the subjects that comes up time and again is failure. In this short, I discuss failure with the epic and spectacular Shan Sutherland. Serial entrepreneur, having launched a branding agency, set up a restaurant that, in short order, had a Michelin star, and built an innovative global skincare business, which was subsequently sold to the Hutt Group. A few years ago, Shan leaned into her calling and co founded A Plastic Planet. A global campaign organization with a single goal to ignite and inspire the world to turn off the plastic tap for good. With Shan, we unpack the brilliance of failure, embracing what we don't know and being our own unique selves.
1: And the good news is that you do fail and then you realise it was never quite that bad. So every all those cliches, if you don't learn by your successes. Your successes just make you think you are the big I am. You learn from your failures. So and they true. are the things, and they make you, they just make you a more rounded, empathetic, nicer person. I think people who have had nothing but success all the way down the path are quite difficult to be with. And to be, and be connected they, to other
0: people, right?
1: Yeah. So failure is incredibly important and we almost need to rebrand it. You know, what it would you, You're the growth. branding
0: queen. What would you rebrand yeah. failure as? I
1: think I call it growth. You know, I've never thought of that before. But actually, failure, failure just sounds such an awful word. It's so negative. We're so fearful of failure, particularly, I think, in the UK. There is a better attitude in some ways in the the US, albeit it's not perfect. But you definitely feel that people love you for trying. And there is a little bit of, of schadenfreude in the UK that we need to be aware of. We need to applaud people for trying. And if they fail, then you applaud them for having grown into that failure and then use that as another springboard. For something.
0: Totally. And just giving it a go. Because one of the things that I think about quite a lot at the moment, and therefore I'm trying to do more, is, you know, it's like the 20 minutes of doing as opposed to the five days of thinking.
1: What I've always loved about every business that I've been involved in is I love that position of naivety yeah. because I don't know why not. So, you know, starting a branding agency and obviously doing that, and then through that, having our our baby-making years, and as you pointed out, through absolute selfish need, creating a pregnancy skincare line, and then thinking, there is this niche in the market you could rather, and then realizing, okay, we've never launched a skincare brand before. You know, I haven't risen through the ranks of Estee Lauder or L'Oreal, but the benefit of not knowing why not is very empowering. Right. And I think that's probably a common thread that has run through everything that I've ever done. I don't know why not. So, you know, I didn't know that I couldn't set up a restaurant. I didn't know that I couldn't go out there and raise the money and find the building and do all the things I did, age 26. It's better not to know. And we live in a world where we venerate and idolize the knowledgeable when actually, if you just have a will, you will find a way. And And common sense, uh,
0: right? And be solutions
1: driven, right? Yes. and the other thing is from one business to another, you don't realize until you're doing the next business, it's the same shit.
0: Chad, tell me, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, um, you know, to people who are looking to build businesses. And today we really do talk about purpose in building businesses, be it, you know, for profit or uh, social enterprises, but people talk about coming with heart, coming with purpose, things that you've been doing your whole life, frankly. It's just this sort of lexicon is very much part of the norm today. What would you say Mm -hmm. to people who want to go about building something, what are the, like, the three top tips that you would give them? Whether it's campaign-led, because I do think in some businesses you almost need to have a campaign, don't you? Whether it be on social okay. media or other. So it may not mm-hmm. be a campaign to you know, save the planet, but it could be a campaign to get your business out there, right? And create an mm-hmm. oceanic swell, excuse the pun, to get things moving. What advice would you give to people thinking about combining all that and launching a venture or growing exponentially a, an early stage business?
1: When I started Mama Mia, I used to always talk about the fact that what you need to find is not a trend, but a need. And obviously with pregnancy, we found a genuine need, not just a oh latest, you know, newest, funkiest ingredient or something Mm -hmm. that we can make you feel insecure about and then sell you a skincare product to fix it. We found a genuine need. And I think that is always the goal for an entrepreneur is you find a pain point that you can then fix or you find a need that you can then answer. And I think to everything, to build on what you were just saying, now it's gone even further than that. And I've always believed, you know, I I don't want to be in the business of selling stuff. I want to sell stuff that has purpose in some way, be it creating a restaurant that makes people feel safe and comfortable and have a wonderful experience, or selling a skincare brand that had that incredible emotional connection with our customers to what we're doing now at A Plastic Planet. And that is as much as finding a need now, it's finding a movement. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a movement, then you can build a community. Mm -hmm. And a movement in its broader sense, it's a direction of travel. And with movements, you can then very easily build community because it's very hard now to build a community around a product that doesn't have any meaning or purpose in our lives. Mm -hmm. That isn't the way that we think anymore. We buy very emotionally still. So you tap into a movement or you create your own movement And then you can build a community. And that community can, of course, be something that is very social media driven, or it can be a digital uh, community, or it can be a, a physical community. And then you can pop a brand in there. It's almost that simple. If you think of it that way, that it goes movement community, you know, definitely some kind of digital content, because that's how you can scale quickly now. And then it's about brand. And if you think of it in that sequence, rather than product first, and this is where I think people so often go wrong. Mm-hmm. I meet people all the time who say, I have got the best product in the world. And I said, well, that's incredible. Of course, that's great. But do you really think that the world is gonna beat a path to your door? How are they gonna know about you? What else are you doing? How are you answering the need that is out there? And I think there is in, in out there right now, there's some very raw needs yeah. of mental health and loneliness and people feeling you know, disempowered. And there are so many things out there that I think it's there's a lot of opportunity. Where there is change, there is always opportunity.
0: 100%. Right now,
1: this has got to be the best time to be an entrepreneur. And uh, because entrepreneurs are, not only are they the, in the UK, the biggest employers, um, you know, the, the SMEs are the, uh, employ way more people in the UK than the big businesses. There's always a massive focus on big industry, but actually the SMEs are the ones. And I think there's going to be a massive growth coming through this pandemic.
0: What would you say to those people? They're trying to work it all out.
1: Yeah, I have a mantra, D, which is life's too short to blend in.
0: Uh, so is, seriously. And
1: you're right. You know, I, I have um, always have my own way and my own style. And... So I would encourage everybody to be your own person, have your own style. Don't think, definitely don't think. And I tell you where I've learned many times is you always think the big guys know better. And then you realize, no, trust your own gut because it is that naivety that is your power. Think of it as your superpower because you don't know why not. And if you don't speak the right language of banking or any any of the industries where you're trying to fundraise and all of that stuff, don't worry about it. That's their job. They don't know your language and your language is the one of empowerment and of entrepreneurship and of creating something out of nothing. Because I think being an entrepreneur is the most creative thing in the world. You make something out of nothing. When people talk to me about, oh, I'm not creative, I can't draw. I said, are you joking? You're an entrepreneur. That's the most creative thing in the world. And then what do you do? Not only do you create something out of nothing, but you employ other people.
0: Right, which is fantastic. And they haven't been forced down that path because you can't, right? It's a kind of calling in some ways, right? Shan, you know, you mentor lots of young aspiring entrepreneurs. You have a lot of people calling you, asking for direction advice. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given? I mean, I know you've been given loads, but what's the thing that really has stayed with you from your mother or from anybody, frankly, you've come across on the road and on the journey?
1: Well, I'm going to give you one that sounds really boring, but it's so true. So when we we launched Mamma Mio, we were the first startup that invested in the South African bank. We were the first startup they ever backed. I'm sure they'll never back another. I'm sure we were an absolute nightmare for them. But I used to go along to, I had to go and report at all the, the board meetings every month. And I'd go in and I'd be me. And I'd be saying, we've got so much opportunity. We're working with the Royal College of Midwives. We've got this, we've got that. You know, Sephora have rung. such and such has happened and all of these things. And they would say to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, Sean, how does it convert to sales? And those words, how does it convert? They were like a knife in me every single month. How does it convert to sales? Uh, because it was like, oh, you just don't get it. You just don't get it, do you? But it's so true. How does it convert to sales? Oh, I know, it doesn't. Because yeah. opportunity and words and ideas are easy, and execution and implementation is everything. And having people around you who can, who can take great ideas and drive them and make them into something and have the tenacity to make things happen out of nothing, mm-hmm. that is incredibly difficult. And the other thing is, you know, if you are doing something, you have to do it 100%. This whole thing of in your spare time, I've built up this multi-billion dollar doesn't business. work.
0: That's just a load
1: of rubbish, it doesn't frankly, work.
0: in my view, you know.
1: Yeah, it's all about application. And it's you are choosing the hard road. But it's a brilliant road.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Double Espresso with D. Do connect with me on Instagram at d double espresso. I love hearing your feedback and what has resonated with you. And don't forget to join me next week for another amazing guest interview. Until then, au revoir.